Yo, mate, Cheeky Bali, episode 23. What's up, Brett? What's up, man? How you doing? This episode was delayed about 20 minutes. Little, little detail on why? Um, I'd say, <laughs> once again, it was a mix of technical issues and a little bit of my stomach needing a large pastrami sub from our sponsor, <laughs> Sam Lagrasse. What's up, Asher? What's up, mate? All right, so before we get into it, uh, this episode, as always, is brought to you by British Airways. Remember to use hashtag Cheeky when making your booking. And Asher, what do you, what do we get when you, when you make a booking with hashtag Cheeky? Uh, I think they have a they have a COVID special, eighty percent off with the hashtag Cheeky. So um, truly flat bed. Please, please eighty percent. Please try that. Yeah. Before we go further, big shout out to our mate Nick Allegretti. Cheers for listening, mate. Maybe we get you on the next pod. All right, let's get into it. Asher, court speed. That's the expert on that. <laughs> so here's here's the deep cut. So the U.S. Open's been using deco turf uh, for the last 41 years, and um, they replaced it by something called Lakehold, which is what they use in Miami. And Lakehold is meant to be like a medium fast surface um, or a medium surface even. But unlike DecoTurf, what's supposed to be the case um, with DecoTurf is that as, as you get more wear on it you, uh, and they clean it more, um, kind of the top layer, you, you scrub it out a bit, you scrub off the sand and the paint in the top layer. So the surface generally gets quicker, it's supposed to get quicker as the, as the US Open progresses, while it's the, um, the opposite for Lakehold. So apparently it's, it's meant to get slower, although we haven't seen that yet. Um, they, play, they played Cincinnati there and... Novak said that the courts are playing 20 to 30% quicker uh, than they had at the US Open before. And it, it kind of looks that way as well. Um, I haven't really seen it slow down that much. It definitely feels like it's playing um, a lot quicker than it was last year, especially. Yeah, it's definitely even just watching. Um, Ash looks to be playing quicker than it has in, I'd say, what, five years easily? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So before we get into the semifinal recap, maybe just a couple general comments of what's been going on so far. All right, what about Grigor? Um, <laughs> what about him? Uh, he had a tough time recovering from the reason, the reason we have to talk about Grigor's, in case you've forgotten, we did a two-part <laughs> episode on Dimitrov. So... <laughs> I think, um, you know, we, we always have to dedicate at least five to seven minutes speaking about the boy from Monte Carlo, the boy who resides in Monte Carlo, the Bulgarian. Wait, who did, wait, who did, who did? Uh, yeah, Kabir and Alex, uh, Grigor lost to Fucevic, I think. Oh yeah. That was a weird five setter, right? Yeah. But he was uh, choking in every set. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was no, a really bad physically- loss. Really bad loss. Really, just train off in the second set. Yeah, well, he 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 picked up he picked up COVID nineteen in in Novak's um, COVID festival earlier this um, this summer, (laughs) and he uh, he he said he said for a while that he he couldn't he didn't really recover for many weeks. So I I don't know if he's physically fully there yet. Yeah, maybe that lung capacity is still not a hundred percent. Probably mentally as well, because I think. Djokovic's dad blamed <laughs> Grigor for it. So just kind of a oh, weird yeah. mental state to be in after participating in the festival. What about Shapovalov? Brett, how do you how do you feel about his run here? 
I, I feel really good about it. Uh, I I mean, I think everyone loves to, to watch him play, and he's starting to get a little bit more precise with his groundies and knowing when to slap at the ball and when to kind of go with that 75% shot. But I, I really think he should turn off the social media while he's competing because I, <laughs> I think it it's like he's he's showing after he gets to the quarters that he got like like a little medallion from the US Open and it's like you're here to win the tournament you're not here to just like get to this round so i i i don't like that i think it needs to be a little bit more like lebron where he kind of just shuts it down and focuses when i go out to hit i'm taking videos <laughs> and pictures of me hitting cuz that's what i'm doing but shapo <laughs> shouldn't be saying look at this sick backhand i hit it's like dude shut up go eat some <laughs> pasta and lay down <laughs> all right so shapovalov yeah um, he, he, social media he needs to get inspired by like berrettini last year <laughs> yeah all right before we get to the semifinal, mm-hmm. one comment so chorich zverev one of the worst matches i've seen awful match <laughs> <laughs> That was an so embarrassing bad. match for for tennis players Mate, to watch. So bland, both of them, so tight. I've, I I haven't seen a match with both players obviously under so much pressure with with uh, Joker crashing out. Um, I, I was disappointed mm-hmm. though. George, I thought he made played strong first set, had the second set, um, really just blew it away mm-hmm. at one point. I think he was what serving thirty fifteen, threw in a couple of errors. He's very just hung in there. Yeah. Um, all right. How? And then uh, in the in the, well. in the in the tie break, uh, I don't know. Um, it's hard to tell because he's serving. He's still serving a lot of double faults. Um, he's not really being aggressive. I mean, that. in the second set against against in the second set against Chorich, he uh, he was just spinning the ball back in the court. He wasn't really going for any shots. Um, mm-hmm. That that probably might be enough to get past um, our guy Buster Buster Rhymes. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, uh, he um, he's 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 not playing the level he was in Australia, where where I thought he was really good. Yo, I'm going with the See, I think I think Zverev's doing a good job being like a he he's adapting his play to his opponent. So he's coming in net when he when he has to, but then he's just kind of I feel like he's flowing a little bit more right now and not really focusing on doing certain things he's just letting the match come to him and winning however he needs to win it so weirdly i think he might win the tournament i think he could beat team i don't think he's going to beat uh, med med is just too no. strong um, mentally for him I, I i would agree with that if if team gets through he has a chance medvedev is like a machine <laughs> but everyone should know that kabir hates his beer <laughs> no but i don't i don't i, I, like <laughs> picks, I don't like his cel- i don't like his celebration he likes him, I, well, he I picks against to, him every round <laughs> Wait, he's, i used he's to bet against Zverev. he's the best player to bet against because i mean exactly what i was saying earlier right so in his grand slam anyone. history in his grand slam history when he loses the first set, he loses his matches 40% of the time. He's lost 40%, 47% of Grand Slam matches in which he's lost the first set. It's not good. He has a, ironically, he has a good five-set record. So if he goes into a fifth against Carreño, I 
I think Zara will come through, but um, I'm going with the upset here. But I think I think his 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 five set record is misleading because I uh, he's played so many five set matches against guys he's much better than. But they don't yeah, that's fifth true. set because he was like choking throughout. Example, I think he, first uh, round, he finally got it to a stage where his opponent also. Go- yeah, I think last year's French Open, he his first four rounds were all five setters against guys who he was much better than. Um, Oh yeah, and then yeah, he I ended up that. losing to team in, in straight sets uh, in the quarters. That, that, that was kind of like Brett playing Super Series at age sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> Easily, right? Yeah. Um. All right. Wait, Zverev is he being coached right now by Ferrer? I haven't seen him in the box, but still is a consultant right now. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if it went full time. Um, I I read over the summer that there was a, a trial period. Um, I'm not sure why he isn't in the box. Do we know what the odds are in that match, Asher? What what are the betting markets saying right now? Uh, let's let's check. Um, I imagine Zverev will be a pretty big favorite. Um, yeah, Busta just had yeah, I mean- a, um, a five setter. Yeah, and think too, and Busta doesn't have weapons. Yeah, but the thing with Busta is it's that he... Um, solid. I'm not sure if... Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure if they're spinning the ball back into the court play. Um, yeah, it's not... It's not um, the odds aren't, aren't that in favor of um, Sasha. He's like a 1.4, and uh, Busta's like a, a 3.5. Ooh. But if you're playing Zverev right Busta. now... Isn't that what you do? You get the serve back and you just make him play. I mean, not not to yeah, simplify. Yeah, you just it, get into like hard, thirty but... short rallies. <laughs> yeah, you you got to make him play, but you you can't give him a target. Like it, if if you try coming to net a little too early, that's where he'll just eat you alive. Yeah, you, kind you, of like you don't want to let him counter punch, basically. <laughs> kind of like what Ash does—the forehand topspin drop shots. All right, what about <laughs> and then the approach other, after the other side, Medvedev team? So a cu- couple no quick idea. stats. It's going to be a cracker. Yeah. <laughs> that is a cracker. It's going to be a total cracker. So pre-US Open, um, Medvedev had won 81% of his service games. US Open, he's at 96%. First serve points pre-US Open, winning 75%. US Open, 83%. Pretty good. He didn't lose a single service game in his last match. Five sets. We're going with team in five he, sets. At, at the tail end of the last match, do you see he almost started cramping up a little bit? Yeah. If he if he lost that set, it would have gone five. Don't know if he would have won, but he was definitely definitely struggling physically there. Yeah, but he is a he is a machine though. Like last year, he was um, he was he was like finished against Vovinka in the first set, and then he just wins his next three matches. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, true. That's, that's true. That's true. That is exactly what happened. And and then he like almost comes back from two sets two sets down against uh, two sets and a breakdown against Rafa in the final. Um, and kind of like what I used to say with like college tennis for me, like bone doesn't cramp. So if you don't have any muscles, <laughs> then you really can't cramp. Classic. Bone doesn't. Wait, cramp. I forgot. What's the yeah? What's last the time, last time he played team, um, it's just uh, straight up, straight up at six, six, six. Um, they play a, a regular tie break. 
six six regular tiebreak. Yeah, um, I think yeah. this is going five. I can see Medvedev maybe winning in straights, and then I can also see it going five. Um, Medvedev is straight. Team maybe just like he could. Team team could just have like a, a wild day. Um, he's become a lot more consistent, but I think he still has one of those uh, one of those crazy days in him. Uh, yeah, when when he misses, when he, he doesn't misses. have one of those crazy days. Yeah, Big, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's 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 looked incredible though. Yeah. Um... Again, what similar to Tiafo was a match against Dimonar, a big fan of, but just can't see. Dimonor being a threat to um, team Medvedev. Sitsipas, he may have beat actually. That I don't remember, but really good run getting getting this far. Yeah, like yeah, I he's... go ahead, Asher. I was just saying, uh, it's it's hard for a guy whose game is just pure speed these days to um, to win. Um, if you if you can't hit through the court, um, it's just super tough. I mean, David, David Ferrer had a, an incredible career. He made like one uh, Slam final, and uh, it, it's pretty hard to get to like his level. I mean, it, that that's like the ceiling, right? So he mm-hmm. no one ever thought that he was going to win any majors, but he still got to semis and, and finals. So I think maybe. Um, Maybe he can get to that level, but I, I don't see him winning anything. Yeah, and Ferrer also had forearms the size of people's calves, which which definitely helps. Yeah, and he also had yeah. calves the size yeah. of trees. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was proportionally bigger. But Dimenauer, when I watch him play now, like against the better guys, it it's it's almost like when you were like in the 14 and unders and you play up into the 16s and <laughs> yeah. you and, and you just kind of you know you're not gonna win the tournament but you're playing it for the experience and they're just bigger guys <laughs> that are just gonna kind of manhandle you and it's once he gets to that top tier level that's what's happening one thing i'll say with yeah we, we saw him on the practice courts the last year right yeah, we, we saw him on the practice courts, and I was like, man, he's small. And I said it a little too loud. And he looked back at me, and I was like, he's small, but he still beat me up pretty good. So I uh, turned the other way pretty quick. Maybe we, we've spoken about this before. It would be a disaster playing him. I mean, can you imagine? I wouldn't, wouldn't even get close to winning oh. a point off him. Playing against Dimenauer, he's someone that's going to beat everyone he should beat and like 100% just like demoralize them. But then mm. he's just not gonna like have random players where he beats a big three, big five, big six player. But mm. one of us playing against him or someone that is hitting the ball a little bit sketch, maybe like a Pospisil, uh, <laughs> would really, really have nightmares. All right, we have a lot to say about Pospisil and Joker. Um, but before that, um, Brad, I know you you watched the. Brady Osaka match pretty carefully. That was that was a cracker of a match. Definitely. They I've I've never seen a better women's match in my entire life. It the the how hard they were hitting the ball and their serves and return like everything was pure center of the racket and it was it was amazing to watch. 
I think Brady has the uh, ability to to be in Osaka, but I don't think she was ready for it. A lot of what Osaka was doing was playing as good as her, but then being a little bit more strategic. And for example, like first serve on the deuce court, Osaka kept just going out wide slice and then would rip a forehand up the line. And that happened, no joke, almost every single service game. And Brady didn't really pick up on it. So every single service Mm -hmm. game that Osaka had started off 15 love. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why she won. But it was it was an absolute cracker for sure. Yeah. I'd say I think Brady's definitely my favorite American player. She can win a slam. Sorry, go ahead. Darren Cahill said out of all the Americans, she's the one that that he picked to have a stellar year at the Mm -hmm. beginning of this tournament, like before she even had any any W's. Big. It it is um it is a it's a weird one, right? Because she's she's twenty five. It's not like she's um like a Sophia Keenan. She's kind of sprung out of nowhere this year, but she, uh, her form this year has been pretty solid. Um, yeah, she she went, I think, all four years UCLA under uh, Pete Sampras's sister there that coaches them. Um, and she played at Ever before then. Gotcha. So, so she's not she's not really um, she's not really like a 25 year old. She's more like a 21 year old on tour. Exactly. Like, yep. like, John, like, and, John, uh, like John Isner, when he first came in, he was like 23, 24. <laughs> kind of like yep. Brett as well, right? So, yeah, similar, similar life experiences for sure. <laughs> I spent like two weeks at Ever, one year in college tennis, and uh, now I'm just a retired professional. <laughs> did, did anyone watch oh, the three match though? Joe COVID. Ooh, mate, that was a... Uh, that was a tough one. Yeah, she, she, she was lost. getting killed in the first. I turned it off. It was it was four zero. Serena was just laying a beat down. And I was like, all right, this is gonna be like love and one. So I I shut it off. And uh then I woke up and different story. But mm. this this is a pretty amazing story though, right? Azarenka. She's um she, she's been not like threatening on the tour to like win anything for the last four years. Um, she had a high profile um, custody battle for her kid. Um, right. In which she stopped playing because of that. And then after lockdown, she just come out super hot, um, took down Cincinnati um, and then is in the semis here. Um, she's won like 11 matches in a row. Yep. It would be a pretty amazing story if she won the thing. And when you watch her play, it's like compared to watching the Brady Osaka match, uh, Azarenka doesn't have a great serve and she's kind of just massages the ball around the baseline. She's, she's not really hitting too many penetrating shots, but she has that like Wookiee grunt, which is kind of her, her biggest strength. (laughs) Kabir, do you want to do an impression of, um, of the Azarenka grunt? <laughs> no, thanks, mate. I will say she's got a massive backhand up the line. Backhand up the line is serious. 
huge. Yeah. It's almost like her her grunt noise is like from like the the Three Stooges, where it's like whoa 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 whoa. <laughs> it's it's that, that kind of that kind of uh, pitch. Mate, that was great. All right, <laughs> who, that who, that who, might who be also final? why I turned it off, but we don't know. Who, who are you taking the final, Azarenka or Osaka, and how many sets? That's a that's a tough one. I think it's three sets. I think it's definitely three sets. Uh, and Osaka was meant to play Azarenka in the final of Cincinnati, right? And then she pulled out because she had a, a hamstring injury. Um, yeah. I yeah, think it's three Burton's sets. And I'm going. Uh, I'm going Azarenka. Azarenka in three as well. I think Osaka in two tight ones i i think osaka with her social injustice movement is uh it it's she's playing with a like a like a righteous purpose almost if you will and i don't know the 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 way she was hitting the ball against brady is i mean that was top notch the only thing is azarenka will do a better job tracking balls down where brady it was kind of like three to four shot rallies for the most part. So yeah. that could play a factor. Gotta think too, Osaka's gonna be the fresher one going into the match too. Much younger. But I'm going I'm, definitely I'm, I still I still think Azrenga's gonna pull this off. The momentum winning Cincinnati, getting to the final here. Been through a lot the last couple of years. I think three sets. And a lot more just life experience and experience in these in these top matches. One thing mm-hmm. Osaka said last night that helped her in her match was she had flashbacks to her finals at the Australian Open um, against Kvitova. And she could look back to that one instance, but Azarenka is going to be able to look back to many, many, many instances um in in her career so i think she has a leg up experience wise all right asher djokovic mate is he going to continue to feed (laughs) off negative energy the rest of the year so we have rome coming up french open right after that and then the atp just announced the provisional calendar for the rest of the year it's packed it's it's a pretty like bold move considering that corona corona cases um, they're all they're all going up in Europe. Um, yeah. All 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 the countries here are going into like second lockdown. So <laughs> I don't I don't know how they're how they're planning on um, managing all of this. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm skeptical on. Oh, whether I, they, I know how they're managing it. The... Mate, the uh, the breakaway players, professional players association, they're managing it. <laughs> uh pretty pretty big summer for uh for novak um for, he had the he had the he hosted a covid festival uh that turned out well then he announces a breakaway anti-vaxxing. union <laughs> which we also announced that he's anti-vaxxer and anti-vaxxer sorry and uh, sorry yeah anti- anti-vaxxer he uh, he outed himself as an anti-vaxxer he um he announced a breakaway union which Federer, Nadal, and Murray were all against the day before the U.S. Open started, mm-hmm. and then he got DQ'd for um, hitting the lines, the lineswoman. So um, uh, I don't know if he continues to feed off negative energy or not, but 
separate question. Do you think that the summer of Djokovic is going to impact the GOAT discussion? <laughs> Ooh. Um, Most definitely. Well, how how funny do you think it is for Nadal and Federer, especially Federer, or I mean both of them, for seeing who can get the most Grand Slams? And Djokovic not only promotes a virus, but then he also <laughs> assaulted a line woman. And like basically Djokovic defeated himself. I mean, it, they don't even have to play to, to stop him anymore. Yeah, he really, he really did. It really was uh, beat himself in this one. Yeah, well, well, that one is going to literally affect the GOAT discussion, right? Because he basically yeah. had a major, um, I don't know, what was the likelihood of him winning this tournament? Like 80%, 70%? He had it pretty much locked up. Well, not locked up, but very high probability. So at this late stage in his career, I think he also, I think, I think Chris was watching it live, and he he said I, I couldn't pick it up, but he said that when when Novak was arguing with the um, the referee, he was saying that I can't believe you're doing this to me at this stage of my career. <laughs> uh, uh, well, that, that's not that, that's not confirmed. Yeah, so the coverage in the UK on Prime, I was watching it on Prime. I couldn't hear anything they were saying, which was annoying. Yeah, same. Usually, microphones would pick up something, so. We need to get a better recording from another network. What is the, the f- what is the the actual rule? It's it's it does anyone know the actual terminology? The rule where you if you injure, well, you, I think I think it's something like the it's in the player's conduct in which you're not allowed to show any uh, form of violent um, behavior towards um, any official or player, like either deliberately or. Um, by accident by accident i think but then i think that like the rule isn't isn't sort of black and white because i think generally um if if we look back at incidents in tennis um where wherever this has happened it's it's been a straight dq so i think i think the prevailing view in the tennis community is that it is black and white but then i there have been a couple of cases in which kind of it was a clear accident and um and the person who was on on the receiving end of it sort of kind of took it well. Um, right. I think the 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 one that I could remember was uh, Guillermo Coria versus Martin Verkirk in the two thousand and three French Open semifinal, mm-hmm. um, in which Coria lost a point and he kind and, and he kind of like half threw a racket and it kind of half slipped out and then it hit a ball boy, and then the ball boy just shook it off with like a smile and then Coria took his shirt off and gave it to him. And then they checked with the ball boy, and they're like, "Are you good?" And then he's like, "Yeah." Uh, so I think I think basically the so very different from Nalbandian in Queens. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so so I think I think basically the the spirit of the rule is such that if the if the person who's the the victim is takes it um, sort of is happy to go to the umpire and referee and say that no, please let the guy play. It's not a big deal. Um, the player can continue, but. Obviously, that didn't happen in in this case, and I, I think when the referee was explaining it to Novak, he also said that um, if if the lineswoman had then come and said um, had been chill with it, um, you could have probably continued, but um, she didn't. <laughs> she went the she other was, way. Yeah, she was the opposite of chill. <laughs> She's definitely pro Federer in the in the in the goat discussion. <laughs> she she listened to our uh, cheeky volley episode eighteen. Um, but that's interesting. I didn't realize there was an element of but subjectivity you, in the role where, where 
you know, depending on the person you, that was hit, whether intentional or unintentional, regardless of whether they were injured, had a say. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. So is it, oh, is I it physical it's, though? Because you have like Serena, what a couple of years ago, like said she was going to shove the ball down the yeah. woman's throat. And well, I think it's physical or that verbal abuse. Didn't that's go anywhere. Well. No, but- well, I think I think I think physical abuse is an automatic DQ. Uh, verbal abuse, right. I think, is is often you just get a code violation because when Serena got DQ'd, it was actually for a, it was actually on a code violation because she had already got two before. Um, right. So it was just like code violation, um, um, uh, umpire abuse, um, match match penalty, um, and I think this the same thing happened against Osaka as well, right? Um, which is also like verbal abuse. Um, I think his, his uh, with with the physical abuse um, is is generally a, like a straight DQ. So Tim Henman got um, DQ'd straight away because he hit a ball girl in anger. Um, uh, yeah, there's well. been Shapovala famously like three years ago in the Davis Cup, oh, yeah. sort of almost almost took out the umpire's eye. Almost took out the umpire's eye. Yeah, he had to get surgery. Yeah. On his eye. yeah. That was really yeah. bad. Um, Nalbandian kicked the shins of like a <laughs> a nice a nice old English man in in Queens. Um, got DQ'd uh, for that. Wow! Yeah, that was unreal. All right, so almost like like a like Ron Artest for like an NBA reference. Like Ron Artest went in the stands against <laughs> someone and like punched a, a fan. <laughs> so it's kind of funny with the. <laughs> with the the difference in the sport where it's like someone taps a ball at someone else and that's a, a big deal but Djokovic didn't go over and punch her in the throat but I don't know Fred I feel like if we were at the US Open if we were sitting courtside on Armstrong and Djokovic came toward you you'd probably just run towards him <laughs> yeah no I would I would like totally just pretend that that he punched me, and I'd be like, he he actually spit on me too. Um, <laughs> so what what would you if, if that happened? What would you settle for, monetary or getting him on the pod? Oh, I I think or getting him on the pod because that would lead to that would lead to monetary. Wait, or or you get to do cross court backhands with him, but you have to play with a vocal racket. Ooh. <laughs> can i record it yeah uh, no you're not allowed to i'm I, I, not allowed to then i'd probably go with a pod and he would have to <laughs> respond to every question we asked him yeah definitely that's good all right last uh, two by, by the way um, by the way like just just just, just uh, on that quickly like a notable fact is that i'm not sure if people realize because uh, i don't think anyone is watching the outer courts but this year at the u.s open that they're, they're trialing a a no lines person system on oh, the right. on on most of the outer courts. So there are no lines people um, outside of like Ash and Armstrong. They just they're just going off like an automated Hawkeye system, and and it's been pretty popular with the players. So yeah. if uh, so if if that system had happened to be being trialed on um, on Armstrong, Novak would not have got the DQ because there would have there would have been no line people there. True and. Um, in the Brady Osaka match, there was a pretty pivotal moment. Brady was serving at one, or no, at one two, I think, or one three, and it, you know, I think one two. They were on serve, and she hit a backhand that clipped the line, but.
but they called it out and she didn't question it and Osaka got the break. So if it were to be using Hawkeye, which I don't, I don't know why they aren't, because why would you allow an inherent flaw exist? Like, why does the player have to challenge the call? Why can't mm-hmm. it just be called the way it mathematically right. is? Mm-hmm. And I understand you don't want to take jobs away, but at the same time, you you want the calls to be right. Yeah, that's inevitably, you know, I mean, Milos would be thrilled about this. So I wanted to ask you how you felt about this. So Raonic, exact quote, one of his reasons for joining Joker's breakaway association is that he's he's complained about not being paid a dime during the lockdown and during the shutdown of tennis. I don't think it'll change price money because the, um, it's it's probably more expensive to to have Hawkeye on the on the courts, and I, I don't think yeah. the, the lines people get paid very much. But uh, I, I would have, I would have yeah, more sympathies if if the um, if the ATP player was like ranked number eighty in the world, um, mm-hmm. and not Milos Raonic as well. That also <laughs> that also that also factors. Um, Alex Lincoln's favorite player. I I think I think the big thing is Raonic just was definitely eating a few too many donuts and had a tough time talking to his <laughs> wife or, or girlfriend about the grocery bill because there was a picture of him where he was looking a little heavy set and Fognini wasted no time. Uh, I think asking him if he ate a horse or ate a an some type of animal, an, an elephant. Unreal. <laughs> um, so I think it's in there and yeah very classic fognini style and i also love not to go on a tangent but i love that fognini and curios are kind of are are kind of sitting behind the scenes here and just throwing shade on people but not (laughs) playing any tennis (laughs) yeah how do you feel about curios into this discussion about joker love it him and (laughs) elliot looney that combo of uh, just just people that are just kind of trolling the the top players and anyone actually who who eats too many donuts or does anything out of line. Yeah, I mate. Mean, Elliot Looney's got some pretty lethal banter right now. That was teed up for him perfectly. Yeah, the Joe COVID and the the lines woman. What about what about Vasek Pospisil? Is it am I the only one that finds his involvement in this just to be quite random? Um, it is um, it is it is weird. I think he's on the, he's on the ATP Players Council, but uh, I'm not I'm not sure. Just because you're on that for like a year, that means that you can just decide to break up the whole of tennis. <laughs> well, well, and why is he even on that on that council? So like Pospisil's game. Like he's someone who looks forward to the Newport Tennis Hall of Fame tournament, which is a great tournament, but it's during Wimbledon. So if you get killed at Wimbledon, you go over to Newport, you hang out, you have some good food, and you you play on the on the grass there. You might win like a hundred bucks to win the tournament. But that's Wait, where is, is that's really where during... Mate, It's sure during you... Wimbledon. Oh wow, we should make. I am a hundred percent sure. No, it, wired, I, wired, I, I, I thought it was like. Week after Wimbledon, it's Even better. 
it's either I I think it definitely overlaps a little bit. Like if you have to play in the first round, because um, I think Murray played in it one year when he was like seventeen or eighteen, but Pospisil was like doing push-ups in the parking lot, ready for his first <laughs> round match. Yeah, I think I think like, yeah, basically no one who goes deep in Wimbledon plays um, because they can't uh, plays Newport. Brett, aren't we supposed to go to Newport next year? We are. There was a lot of things we're supposed to do, but we're 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 definitely going to go to Newport and go out there, hopefully before the tournament, and just hit exclusively slice backhands, <laughs> and then have a nice IPA, and that's kind of our our current plan at the moment. Yeah, if anyone's looking for new drills, if you're curious, cheeky volley. What we've been doing is putting a lot of lead tape on the frame, like a little too much, and doing cross-court slice backhands. Mm-hmm. And if it goes to your forehand, you just catch it, and then you have yeah. to just drop it and hit another slice backhand. All right, mates. This is a good one. Uh, oh, and another point, too. Mike Levine, a fundamental cheeky volley member, has a new frame. Ooh. Yonex that was a, a tough decision. Yeah, we had a lot of back and forth about that. I'd say maybe a solid week of discussion. First selecting mm-hmm. what frame and then deciding what weight. So yep. it was and ha- between... exactly how much lead tape is going on. Yeah, so it was between the Yonex v Core Pro 330 and the v Core Pro 310. Mike went with the 310, which I think is the right move. How right, often is he playing? Um, strong weight, I think it's like 330, 335. Okay. Right. If, if, you, he's, you if have, he's not playing that often, I would say it's the right decision. Yeah, definitely. I have the 330, but I have it weighted up strong 400. up to like <laughs> three. <laughs> by, the, by the winter, during, during bulking season, I might get it to like 425, but currently i think we're we're weighing in around 370 by the way also, tennis warehouse say, is out of lead tape <laughs> one thing i'll say <laughs> on the topic of lead tape and swing weight and the mass just general mass of a racket if anyone who watched the joker the highlight of him hitting the ball towards the lineswoman i think it you know it it, it doesn't seem like he hit it very hard but keep in mind that he hit it in the sweet spot with a racket probably close to what 380 390 grams so it's probably hit pretty hard hmm. that yeah. would hurt and he's that, got that, that... he's got lux one in the mains and then some natural gut in the cross so you hit that in the sweet spot 380 grams it's it's moving yeah <laughs> also um as, as a separate separate sort of uh, equipment question um the new the new head extreme uh pro that that Berrettini was using is is Rubbish. has there been a worse paint job in the history of tennis than than that racket? Mate, it's pretty bad. Maybe the new prestige. Yeah, new new prestige is is definitely not great. It's just red. I'm yeah, not but huge on that, the, the the red is just kind of meh, right? Yeah, the, the new the current pure strike I think is terrible. With the Bablat font written, I feel like most new side. paint jobs have have, have kind of gone downhill, minus the Yonix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best one right now is the V Corp Pro, the green 
the Mike Levine stick. See, I have the uh, like dark purple one with the red. Yeah, that was a good one too. And you have, you have the good bag matching that as well. All right, let's end this with a cheeky trivia question. First and second youngest ATP world number one players. This is an easy one. Uh, youngest is Boris Becker. Brett, what are you saying? I'm the second. Youngest. Hmm. Youngest number one ATP. Uh, I don't know why, but I think Michael Chang for some reason. I know it's wrong. Mate, sketch. I don't think he was world number one at all. Yeah. All right, so it's... <laughs> <I know. laughs> all right, uh, Hewitt and Safin. Oh, Hewitt, 19. Uh, and who? Safin. Safin uh, in, in 2000, and then and then Hewitt got, got there in 2001. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to look if, if Michael Chang was ever number one. <laughs> yeah, let, let's check that. I don't think he was. I, I don't think. He, I don't, let's check if he was ever top three. I'm gonna say Michael Chang got to seven in the world, but I think he got to four. That. He's the youngest ever Grand Slam winner. What he won French Open at seventeen? He got to two. He he, he did get to two. Number two in '96. Uh, yeah, that's next level. So he was the youngest to win a to win a Grand Slam, though. Also, yeah. Real quick, Michael Chang. I did not know he won 34 titles. Yeah, that's pretty good. That is a lot, yeah. Mate, that is incredible. I think he won he won them all like before the um, they marketed the Master Series like so well like they do uh, like they started doing in the 2000s, so I don't think the Master Series held as much significance uh, back in the day. Right. How many USA titles did you win? You, I should do it. I, I should look that up. I in the twelves and fourteens, probably like, I don't know, like thirty, and then sixteens and eighteens, probably like two. <laughs> Wait, any any explanation so, for the disconnect between the age groups and just, the title? Uh, just much lead, lack much of uh, puberty for sure. <laughs> lack of puberty and just changing rackets. Because I also, once I started not winning, I just started getting different rackets every like four four months or so. Nice. And um, I I think I probably used during the thirty tournaments I won probably one or two rackets, and during the two that I won probably like ten different frames. Into that. Pretty, pretty cheeky, right? <laughs> Very cheeky because it, it's not me; it's the stick. Yeah. All right, mates. Episode twenty-three. Uh, are we doing the finals preview? Let's do one. Who do you think? Wait, before we do finals, who's the modern day Michael Chang to kind of close that off? It's a good question. Well, it, it's uh, modern day demon or no? Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think so. Who had a higher ceiling, though? I feel like I want someone with with bigger quads. Bigger calves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like the, the, the picture that I, I have up right now on Google is just him with these skin-tight shorts with these massive quads. Michael Chang. Yeah, his, his, his calves. Are, the, 
his, his calves yeah, as well the like, uh, tree trunks just likes on tour yeah i remember arno clement had like massive um massive legs as well yeah so quick a quick tangent on arnold clement so i ball boyed for him um at the miami open and he also hit a ball very angrily towards the backdrop that was about like three inches from my face so that would have been a disqualification that was interesting <laughs> yeah yeah all right mates cheeky volley episode 23 hype match is coming up all right mate see you soon see you mate